0: Well, that's not exactly the way that the Reds wanted the series to start off, but uh, at least we got a lot of Fernando Tatis and a whole lot of hitting from the Padres in Game 1 of the series. There's that bobblehead. We are joined by Javi Reyes. Javi Reyes is joined by myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker, from Locked On Reds. This is the Locked On Reds, Locked On Padres Crossover. We are both part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day. And we thank you. It's all the everydayers who are joining us here today on this crossover edition. Jump in the comment section. Maybe let's have a little bit of battle, see if there's more Reds or Padres listeners coming on today. But uh as as the series gets going here in, in San Diego, it's a series that Steve and I have both said, just give us one game. Let's just avoid the sweep here because it's going to be pretty tough. I mean, I know the Padres kind of haven't really got going yet this season, Javi, but Steve, Mm -hmm. when we, when we look at this series for the Reds, the two guys pitching in the first and the last games of the series is really what gave us the pause.
1: Well, this game went pretty much how we anticipated that it was going to go. The Reds offense gave us a little bit of hope a couple of times along the way. But at the end of the day, uh, the Padres lineup simply outmatched anybody that the Reds really ran out there on the mound. Uh, You know, it was fun. It was exciting. I got to tell you, being at Petco, just let me drop this in right now. What Mm. a great ballpark to watch a baseball game in. It was rowdy and not in a bad way. The Padres fans were just fired up. They were just loving on Fernando Tatis every time he came out of the dugout. Uh, it was a great baseball experience, uh, never mind the outcome and, and getting stomped. Uh, I had a great time out of Petco.
0: Yeah, that's one thing that uh, you're talking about, Rowdy. Uh, Javi, Steve has been to like some Steelers-Bengals games, so we mm. know what Rowdy looks like. Oh, uh, man. Lord. Fernando Tatis, <laughs> man, that's a different kind of Rowdy
2: yeah absolutely i mean and it's his first game back uh in a long time and i know that there are a lot of folks who will do the oh what are you doing a standing ovation for a cheater you know all that type of nonsense and whatnot and i've already discussed that on my show i think that fans fans need to chill out players i get it i mean this is more affecting them but uh i just think that it was it was really cool to have him back um for sure and he basically just got back he week or so ago for the D-back series and it was his first game at Petco in a while. And it was really cool just seeing him there, seeing him in the home uniform and all that. Um, and he's been playing okay for the most part, but I think that we're going to talk about him a little bit later. Um, some of the plays that he made, but uh, I loved it. I loved having him back. It's really cool. And one of the discussion points on the Padres so far has been, you know, is this going to be like that spark to get the Padres offense going as mm kind of alluded to that they've, they haven't have been bad, certainly not bad. Uh, anyone who watched the Chicago White Sox over the weekend can can attest to what <laughs> bad baseball actually looks like. But with the Padres, it's been underperforming. You know, you, you've had some good moments. You have Xander Bogarts, who's been awesome so far, immediate return on investment given the big contract. But then you have the Juan Soto stuff. You have Manny Machado perform poorly. And overall, this team with runners in scoring position has been pretty abysmal, uh, third lowest batting average in all of baseball. Uh, Even worse than the Reds, that's right, the team that lost this game. Uh, Even worse, if you want to go by WRC Plus, they're the fourth worst with runners in scoring positions so far. Um, And things have improved lately uh, for them because of that Mexico City series. They had a decent run of things there. And, of course, in tonight's game, they managed to do big things with the Hassan Kim home run. Trent Grisham gets a couple doubles. Manny Machado had a nice um, grounder that uh, got him two RBIs in the night. So that was cool, but for the most part – uh, the Padres haven't entered like the sage, you know, mode yet that I think a lot of people thought they were going to be in where they were just going to be God, like an unbelievable offense that was just going to have that top of the order to just kill you. Haven't quite gotten there yet. Uh, hasn't been miserable, but hopefully this is a series against a team that uh, the Reds aren't. I mean, you guys can talk about this more, but they're not in that like they're in the lower tier of teams. But they're not in that, oh, my God, we're hopeless and we have nothing. Like, say, no, we, a, uh... Otto, a White Sox, right? Those team in Oakland, yeah. Eagles, certainly, where it's like they're bad, but you see the, you know, Hunter Green, it's an extension and stuff. You have Ashcraft, you have uh, Lodolo, and you- you've got players, right? And you've got a cool right. farm system. So uh, it- it's one of those series where it's just kind of you're hoping to see some-, some fireworks and whatnot. And I'm really sad that, uh, you know, you guys have Will Myers now. And that makes me just like – I know I miss him a little bit, you know. I miss that guy. he he yeah, was supposed to come back, but
0: yeah, yeah he was he he was not going to be able to because he's on the injured list. And no, as far mm-hmm. as hopeless goes, we just got done playing the ace, so we know, yeah. I mean, oh, the, the whoa, captains of the hopeless crew. Uh, sorry to Jason Burke over at Locked On Uh but when it comes to kind of how the Reds match up in this series, that was the biggest thing is that the hitting because the Padres have so many guys. That can change a game with one swing. The Reds don't really have that many guys. In fact, Nick Zell he hits another home run, which yeah. by the way just got named National League Player of the Week. Absolutely amazing week last week. Getting started off on the right foot this week. But I mean, he's got three home runs. That is now the team lead. It's tied with Jason Vossler, who he's in Triple A right now because well, he hit three home runs and then he stopped hitting the ball altogether. Yeah. So they sent him down. That's them. all
1: he hit. That was it. Just that was it. That's all, all he hit.
0: <laughs> Uh, but, but you know, with Nixon Zell hitting three home runs, like it's like it's cool when you talk about it from his perspective, a guy that, you know, we're having some fun watching right now because who knows what we're going to get out of this guy that just hasn't quite blossomed yet from where we thought he was going to be as a prospect. But then you look at it from a team wide perspective and you say this is a referendum on how much power the Reds lineup does not have and they don't have that guy they can just flip the script on one swing of the bat. And that's where, you know, the the Alex Young appearance for me, like that's a rough one for him, but I don't necessarily think that completely taints my view of how he has started this season. He's pitched pretty well, but that one swing completely changes everything, completely blows the doors off this game. And then Blake Snell can kind of settle in for his final two innings and get a nice six innings, three earned runs, nice little quality start for him there to begin this series that really, I think, hinges on how the starters perform.
1: Let's talk about that home run for just a second, because I don't think Alex Young's appearance tonight, or last night rather, was as bad as it looks when you look at the box score. If you look at that home run, I'm curious. I haven't had a chance. I mean, we're recording like right after the game, so I haven't been able to look this up. I wonder how many Major League Baseball parks active parks that ball was actually going to be out of. I mean, it just barely cleared the fence. It hit the guy in the first row out there in left field. So, you know, uh, yeah, it's a home run. Yeah, it counts. Uh, It was a mistake pitch, but, you know, it wasn't that well hit. I mean, Mm -hmm. we're not talking about a bomb. It just barely got out. Uh, I I still have faith in Alec Young. I think right now, especially after what we saw from Reaver San Martin tonight, uh, he's the best lefty in the bullpen right now. So uh, we need him to be right to to continue uh, to move this team forward in later innings.
0: No, I 100% agree, and the way that the the Padres were really able to shut down, that was the one thing that I was like, okay, let's see if the Reds can kind of counterpunch here after going down three. The Padres pitching came in and shut the door.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that the, another big thing with the Padres, speaking of slow starts, has been Blake Snow for this season, and he does this every year. So hes I kind of haven't talked about him all that much on my show, to be honest, because I just feel like I haven't seen anything to suggest that Yeah, this is just what he does. He throws a lot of the pitches that don't work and he tries experimenting with them on the year on or at the beginning of the season. Then as things go on, he's like, oh, I got an idea. I'll use my great fastball slider (laughs) combo. And then he starts doing work. I know he did well today. He actually generated a lot of whiffs on his um, curveball today, which was really cool and was wiping out a Reds lineup. But you just mentioned not a lot of power in this Reds lineup. So I don't know how to necessarily view that. It was cool. It was encouraging. For me, the best thing about Snell was worked out of trouble, but more no walks. Uh, Blake Snell's had a lot of games where the controls the thing. though, so for me, it's not as much the swing and miss stuff because the Reds lineup hasn't been amazing. But Snell, sometimes he elevates the fastball a little bit too much and guys just get walk galore. So it was definitely one of his better starts of the season and he's been slow. So hopefully they can do better. And then the Padres bullpen still pretty underrated. And Stephen Wilson who's a guy that goes an yeah. inning in this one, strikes out two? That guy's got good stuff. I know his ERA is at 4.5, but it's very reliever. It's a reliever syndrome. He gets lit up in the Mexico Series game, which inflates the ERA, and then he had another poor appearance before that. But for the most part this year, this guy has been a guy who's going to guarantee you at least strike out an inning. Uh, just really good stuff from Steven Wilson kind of slowly uh, cementing himself as a high-impact reliever. And Domingo Tapia, who they just called back from AAA – He's got some stuff. He's especially a guy when you're winning a decent amount of games. He was a spring training darling. He can do stuff. But for me, Stephen Wilson is the guy that Reds fans might not know. The ERA is is way too high. I'm telling you, that's not legit. That'll calm down. But uh, yeah, Padres pitching definitely came in there, shut down the door. And that was great because they don't want to be using up too much of it, given that you know, injuries and all that and what have you, especially for this pitching staff that just got back Joe Musgrove. So you got to be careful with that stuff. But uh it was great to see. And the Padres defense helping them out a decent amount, which I, I really, really appreciate, especially for a team I've had a lot of questions on when it comes to defense.
0: Yeah, that's something that I want to talk about here in just a mm-hmm. minute is is the defense, the fielding. And part of that is just some amazing plays by a couple of different dudes, including one Fernando Tatis, who we'll also get into a little bit. Plus, um, what is it like watching a guy like Nick Senzel, and what do we make of all of this? Mm -hmm. That's coming up right here in just a moment. Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors for today's podcast, and that is Game Time. Game Time is my favorite way to get tickets for a game. Whether or not you've got them early or you literally just pulled up to the Ballpark and want to find a seat, Game Time's the best way to do it. Download the Game Time app today, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. In fact, with the White Sox coming to town this weekend, you got three games that the Reds have a really good chance in. So you might want to be at the ballpark to see what the Reds can do make sure you jump on the game time app to find your best deals because the game time app has the game time guarantee if you find cheaper tickets on a different app in the same uh, location as where the tickets you got they're going to refund you 110 percent of the difference that's how confident they are in their pricing model download the game time app today and again create an account and use the promo code l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-m-l-b for 20 dollars off your first purchase you combine that guarantee with a little bit of a coupon i mean what could go wrong you can get some nice prices on reds tickets this weekend game time has last minute tickets at the lowest price guarantee and also, coming up, uh, something else I want to talk about is So Rare. Our sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace, transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. I've got a team myself, a couple of different players. I, I had some nice performances from TJ Friedel up to this point. He's, he's cooling off a little bit, but the way that you make your squad is you have an allotment of points. You have a budget that you got to fill out and you can have a couple of superstars and then get some nice up and coming sleeper picks that nobody knows about just yet. Check it out today. So rare.com. You can uh, play for free MLB game weeks happen twice weekly and span a three to four day cycle. And at the end of game weeks, uh, those who rank at or near the top of their leaderboards win a variety of rewards, which include, uh, some really rare. So rare cards, uh, game tickets. You can get merchandise signed jerseys and even VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. So head to so rare.com slash locked on that's dot com slash locked on today and draft your team of free players and start competing. So rare.com slash locked on to start playing today. Thanks as always for making Locked On Reds and Locked On Padres. Your first listen of the day. Every day's we got a long there's two more games left in this series and It's one thing that I know, especially from the last couple of years, is that when the Reds and Padres get together, drama just happens. Like, I low-key thought maybe the Reds will make a really late comeback in game one. Didn't happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Padres were really on top of things with their bullpen and with their fielding. But these two teams seem to just exude drama and intrigue. And if you want the hometown broadcast for either the Padres or the Reds, you can catch it on the SiriusXM app. Uh, and, and when you download the SXM app, just search Reds or Padres for your hometown broadcast. All right, I mentioned it. Fielding huge factor in this game, and the Reds were okay at it. I mean, they've definitely been a lot worse in games so far this season. But the Padres, they were elite at fielding on Monday night.
2: Yes, they were, and they they haven't been for a lot of the season uh in, in a lot of ways. Not like atrocious. This isn't. Last year, San Francisco Giants were who were pretty historically bad, but they were up there, right? I've been taking shots at people. My apologies to Ben for <laughs> <Gatsby>, the Black <block-side> Diamond <laughs> Giants. I got love for you, man. I'm just saying, but they were really bad last year. And for the pods, you know, they've had a lot of questions, and I think the biggest question has been just the overall, just the amount of moving pieces, right? Even mm-hmm. if I trust that those players in a vacuum can play pos- all these positions it's still a lot of roster turnover. You got Hassan Kim moving from shortstop to second. Jay Cronenworth moving from second to first. You've got Juan Soto going from right field to left field. And then you've got Fernando Tatis Jr. who played his first game in a while at Petco, of course. And he's in, he's in right field now. And... A lot of players made some good plays uh, in this game, and I think that that was really important. Xander Bogart's making a nice scoop throw. Uh, there was a moment when Hassan Kim, it didn't end up being an out, but the range mm-hmm. and for him to even have gotten the throw off and unfortunately went into the ground and Cronenworth was unable to scoop it. It was on Cronenworth, but even still the fact that he made that even a, a possible play was really nuts. And then Tatis made a nice really running catch uh, at, at one point in this game. That was, was lovely. It was delightful. He's showing the athleticism when he's in the outfield. He's not necessarily – he actually had an outfield assist over the weekend in the Mexico City Series, which was great, nailing a run at third base. But in terms of just overall, he has the tools. He has the peripherals. You know what I mean? Not to use, like, NFL – uh, you know, combine language, but he has the peripherals. He's got the speed He size and all, that stuff. Yeah, all yeah. the size, you know, <laughs> his vertical inch leap. It's like, Hey, how about we like watch the games? At
0: the NFL. Yeah. I
2: don't know. Can we look at what happened in college? But it, with Tatis, you know, it's, it, it's still a question though, just because you have the peripherals doesn't mean you'll be a great outfield. It just, as if you're this giant bulking guy, doesn't mean you'll be a bad defensive player either. Sure. I think Aaron judge is a great example of that. Joey Gallo, another one as well. Um, but for, for Tatis, he just looks springy. And I think that when you compare him to Juan Soto, who has been pretty not great in the outfield, kind of feels like he runs like a tree. He's had some miscommunications with Grisham all year. Um, and Tatis, just so much spring. He had a great play in his first game of the season against the D-backs. And this one just tracks the ball down. Not the type of thing you're going to see on sports center top plays, but the fact that he already seems to be having some decent reaction time and yeah. getting to the ball quickly. Is huge. And uh, a lot of this is based on eye tests. It's still too early to look into outs above average or defensive run saves for for a guy like this who hasn't played enough in this kind of position. But just so far, uh, he looks like he can handle it. And that's huge. He at least isn't going to be terrible. That's what it looks like right now. And uh, I think you got a little bit of a taste of that in tonight's game.
1: There were, there were a couple other eye tests on the red side of things, Jeff. Uh, you know, the throw by Ramos from right field. I, I, mm-hmm. Someone messaged me on Twitter and said mm-hmm. that they could see me on one of the replays because I was up out of my seat early, <laughs> sitting behind third base, and that throw was a cannon shot. I mean, it yeah. saved a run. Uh, you know, ultimately it got bobbled at the plate, but the throw was so good that it stopped the runner at third base in his tracks. It was fantastic. Uh, Nick Senzel showed some range over at third base. Now he didn't get the out, but he made a scoop diving to his left throw that, you know, maybe a half second sooner gets the out.
0: Looking Uh, like Scott Rowland
1: over there. He did. I know that's what you messaged me. That's right. Looked a little bit like Scott Rowland. And for me, I think Nick Senzel has reasserted himself as an infielder first. He looks more comfortable there. He looks happy there. The offensive production is there. And I think he's making some noise to reclaim a spot on the infield. You know, uh Javi, you talked about those plays in the outfield. Uh, for the Reds fans in the stadium, and there were actually quite a few. We traveled pretty well in this game. Uh, mm-hmm. there were two catches in the it's outfield. It's
0: nice in kind San Diego of, and it's uh, raining and <laughs> everyone watching. So, they're like great. It
1: was not that it was not that nice, let me tell you. It was fifty-nine degrees at game time. I was oh, lied gosh. to my yeah. whole <laughs> life about the weather. <laughs> In San Diego. But there were two plays in the outfield that really kind of just sucked the mojo out of what the Reds were doing. The Tatis play that you were just talking about running, catching the ball kind of over his shoulder on the track. And then the name is escaping me, but the center fielder for the Padres.
0: Yeah. Trinkers. He
1: he made a catch yeah. diving forward that basically that sucked yeah. all of the, the momentum out of the Reds' offense in that moment. And those two plays were game changers. They, they made all the difference, I think, in the Reds being able to scrap back into this game.
0: Yeah, it's something that I hope that as we, we see some more guys coming up here, hopefully here soon, for this roster, that we start to see some holes get patched on the fielding side of things because it feels like there's just – not enough of the turning hits into outs on the red side of things and I think that's the biggest thing for me like I think if you were to say that the Reds defense is bad there are some people that could look at the fundamentals and say okay this kind of works this is all right and this isn't that terrible but it's it's when you that extra step it's when you get down to the nitty-gritty if there's guys on first and second and you've got a line drive that's in the gap that maybe a guy could dive and stop but instead he tries to go for it completely misses it and then the bases get cleared and you've got a double or a triple by the guy that just hit the ball it's just it's something that the reds are not able to do right now and i hope that we see more of that and and you kind of saying that the Padres not necessarily coming into this game were really known for this early on, just watching it, it kind of seemed not like his old hat, but it was, it seemed very natural for the Padres fielding alignment to really be able to stop whatever the Reds thought they were about to do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Look, defense has not been the name of the game for the Padres so far, but it's nice, even if it is against not necessarily like the high pressure rivalry games you know they're going to be playing against the dodgers after this red series it's still nice to see um and i think that you mentioned that grisham catch look grisham is known for the defense right he's the Mm -hmm. kind of like a known quantity for this padres team so far what has two gold gloves on his resume already like he's been great uh for sure and he's also yeah two doubles in this game as well so he seems to be better with the bat grisham is like the that like tertiary player that all contenders want to have a guy Mm -hmm. who at the minimum is going to go out there and play good defense for you, even if he's not swinging the bat well, which he sometimes doesn't. Um, and, and with the pods, you know, they, they're going to have different alignments, I imagine, throughout the season. You're going to have different people behind the plate. You know, they have Brett Sullivan tonight. He's a backup catcher ever since Luis Campizano got hurt.
0: And they nice might have Austin Amos tomorrow. Too, Sullivan did.
2: Yeah, he had a nice play there. So just good stuff. And, and it's one of the biggest things. And now I'm still worried about Soto. Soto's the one that – Hasn't shown me enough yet. He didn't really have, like, a moment in this game, which is fine. Just kind of had, like, the the the, the Chad uh, Scott Hatterberg, like, I'm just afraid of any ball in my general direction. <laughs> so if that's his fear, then don't worry, man. There was nothing to hit towards <laughs> you, really. Um, so that was really cool. But, yeah, the Grisham diving catches, he's made a, a couple of those. Um, hey, we've been
1: sure. we've been told Scott Hatterberg's a good first baseman. I heard yeah. it from Adam Dunn, so <laughs> let's just – but, you know, there is one more defensive play for the Reds I wanted to talk about real quick, Jeff, and it was just a heads-up baseball move by Jose Barrero uh, when he fielded a ground ball in the hole at short and instead of winging a throw to first base, sprints over to third and nearly yeah. gets the runner around the... Mm-hmm. Uh, It was just a heads-up so, baseball yeah. play, and it was it was great to see because I think his days are probably numbered on the infield. Uh, so it was nice to see him uh, have that smart move and at least have something positive uh, since his hitting seems to be failing him a little bit, but uh, he nearly made that play. I I, I think, I think another half step, he gets him.
0: Yeah. It's just another one of those things that's like, maybe, maybe he's getting it. And then, yeah, it's just the the Jose Barrero experience at this point. Um, I do want to ask a question about Fernando Tatis and a question about Nixon Zell that I, I I don't know, and I don't necessarily know that we want to answer it for fear of superstitions and things like that, but maybe <laughs> we aren't superstitious, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that coming up next. Before we do that though, I want to shout out another one of our sponsors here today and that is BetterHelp. The show is brought to you in part by BetterHelp. You know, I am always learning new things about myself. I'm a person who's comfortable in my own skin, don't get me wrong, but just as soon as I feel like I've mastered something, something else comes along that I've got to overcome. Something that I've got to kind of figure out how to mentally work through it and we weren't meant to do this all by ourselves, whether if you got friends or family, you need someone that you can talk to. But if you feel like there's no one you can turn to, there's always help out there. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on a journey of self-discovery from wherever you are in your life. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. It's all about getting you from a to B helping you discover your best self. So discover your potential with better help, visit betterhelp.com locked on MLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's B E T T E R. H-E-L-P dot com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-M-L-B to save 10% off your first month of Better Help today. In between games, or, you know, during the rest of this series, you can get takes from us in between episodes. Uh, you can follow me and Steve for your Reds takes at Jeff Carr with three Fs or at S Offenbaker with two Fs. And you can follow Javi for your Padres takes all throughout the season at Javi Peño with two I's. No Fs Mm -hmm. in there, though, so, you know, don't want to get that twisted. Uh, But, Javi, let's start with this, because Fernando Tatis is back. He is on a roster that is loaded. I mean, the, they went out and they got Xander Bogarts over the offseason, I think in part because they weren't necessarily trying to hedge all of their bets on Fernando Tatis this mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. But for a guy that was once considered the face of this game, or, or at least an, an up-and-coming face of mm-hmm. Major League Baseball, where does he stand for you right now?
2: Um, In the sense that, like, just as a star – He's kind of on that, like, you know, he's he's coming back slowly. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and it is true. I think that some people, I don't think it was just a year and a half or so. But even still, I think a lot of people look, this guy and Shoei Otani are a blockbuster. Uh, it's probably those two. And you've got some other great players, don't get me wrong. But types of people that my friends who know nothing about baseball are like, hey, you, the Padres have that Tatis guy, right? You know, you get a lot of those with this guy, and right. he is back. And he hasn't done necessarily the ultimate, like, um, you know, like the, the 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 Jason Bourne meme where it says Tatis instead. He hasn't had that game necessarily just yet. Um, he has hit a couple home runs. He hit one that was like, you know, a, a little bit of a ballpark factor one. Speaking of ballpark factor, also Hassan Kim's home run today that was really cool, but also only a home run three out of thirty ballpark. So still, 30s. I'll take it.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Pull ball to
2: left field. He loves that spot. He's a a pull (laughs) five ball uh, at Petco specifically. But uh, with Tatis, the blockbuster factor, he did have that funny moment last week when the Cubs fans were doing the sour grapes thing and they were calling him a cheater. And then he danced in the outfield or whatever. I thought it was a very funny way to handle it, but he hasn't had the ultimate moment. It's just going to take some time. Um, But I do think that, you know, he's going to have some crazy play. But I'm curious to see because, I mean, he's had some moments before that I don't know if he's going to do the same way again. The Cubs moment makes me think he's not changed as a personality, which I think is good. But, you know, is he still going to do the thing where he mocks uh, former pitcher for the Dodgers, uh, Trevor Barrow, where he does the the strut as he crosses home plate or the eye thing? Is he going to do stuff like that? Is he going to do the bat flip galore? I don't fully know, but uh, I, I don't I don't think that we know for sure he's not. And I think that's still good. I think that it's always good for players to – Play how they are, show passion, show personality. I think that's always great for the game, um, and hopefully the the talent matches it. That's really that's really what's important. The on field production has to match. It. And so far, whatever start, I I just kind of don't care. You know what I mean? I'm just so happy right. to have him back, to be honest with you.
0: Well, and it's nice too. I mean, you've got I mean all those guys that he doesn't necessarily have to hide behind. But it's yeah. just you know mm. if if he doesn't pan out quickly he can kind of take his time getting back because well there's a bunch of other dudes on that team that can kind of Mm -hmm. support him and kind of get him there kind of conversely and it's it's kind of been a weird start to the season for a couple of different guys like Tyler Stevenson and, and and guys that you would have expected to be more not, not maybe maybe powerful but at least more of a huge threat in the middle of this order and, and spencer steers kind of slowed down a little bit Nixonzel over the last what eight days steve has, has has really kind of had a good eight days and i keep dancing around it like like you know it's been fun <laughs> Look, do we need to go next- to the next step because i don't want to jinx it the Nick Senzel
1: that we've got right now is the Nick Senzel we've been waiting for since he hit the major leagues. I mean, let's just be honest about it. Uh, 300, 400, 400 slash line is a starter. He's a starter on this team right now. And as long as his production continues to hold that line, he needs to be on the field. And I don't care if it's a center field or a third base or a second base or a DH. I don't care. He needs every day at bats as long as that's going on. As I said earlier, though, Jeff, I feel like he just looks like a more complete player when he's on the infield. He looks, at mm-hmm. he looks like he's in his element. And I think that that translates into what he's able to do at the plate. Now, I understand what his history is. And I know every time we've gotten ourselves excited and really begun to count on him, something has happened. So I get why you don't want to jinx it, Uh, but I'm just happy to see how happy he is. You know, I am just happy to see him being successful and contributing to this Reds team. We've waited so long for all of these stars to align with him. And I think we're finally getting to see it. And, you know, I hope beyond hope, Jeff, that he is able to stay healthy and give us 150 games in
0: 2023. It was a joke that I made a little while back, you know, oh, he's really good at third base. Who knew? That was sarcasm. He was drafted as a third baseman. I understand this. He, he played third base at Tennessee. Like that was, that's where he came from. So the the fact that he went on this weird journey on his way through the minor leagues for the reds. And then all of a sudden, right before he gets caught up, they're like, by the way, you're going to play center field. It's like, yes, he's an athlete and he could probably figure that out, but let's put him where he's comfortable. And he's obviously comfortable at third base. I mean, that play that he just missed just, I mean, the, the throw, probably would have been caught by Joey Votto, probably would have been caught by an everyday first baseman. I don't begrudge Spencer Steer that. I, I kind of, I was lamenting it a little bit, not not in, you know, at him, but just in the like, man, if we'd have had a legitimate first base, maybe even Will Myers, if Will Myers wasn't on the injured list, maybe he makes that play there and, and finishes the out on just amazing barehand pick and throw as Senzel's running across the middle of the infield. He was almost to second base when he scooped yeah. that ball. The kind of play, and, and honestly, I mean, you could have made the case that, well, maybe the shortstop makes that play, but Senzel just knew where the ball was, where he wanted to be, and he made a perfect throw, just needed to be scooped out of the dirt a little bit. So it, it's something that I want to see more of. And I think especially while you've got both Joey and Will Myers on the I.L., so first base, the plan that the Reds had really set forth in the off season as to how they were going to run first base without Joey Votto, it's kind of getting messed up without Will Myers there. Um, Spencer Steer, you know, maybe he can get better at making that stretch because if he's going to be getting throws from Nixon Zell like that, like, I don't know, man, I really, I'm really happy with what I'm seeing from the former number two overall draft pick right now. Like, like, I I do want to see more of it and I texted a couple of friends and I, I was like, I don't wanna say it. I don't wanna say it and they're like, <laughs> What, you mean like he looks like a major league player right now? And I'm like, Yeah, right now he, he kinda does. He kinda kinda does. And and there's so many people, and there's probably somebody in the comment section right now that is saying, <laughs> I don't buy it, I'm not doing it. No, no, never. We need yeah. to get rid of him last year and it's all like R. Eric Cosber, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just that that's what baseball fans do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really, that's I could relate to that for sure. Uh, the amount of times I've gotten comments when Hosmer would start off really well, even though his batting average on balls at play is like 670, and then they'd be like, Look, he's playing great. I'm like, Yeah, but it's probably gonna go down and he hasn't changed his overall swing. Uh, but I understand, I understand it. And hey, some there are players and examples of guys who have moved positions and that like did something mm-hmm. for them. I mean, I know baseball fans like to pretend that you can just log on fan graphs and then you're like here's the projection these aren't humans they will simply follow through with what the red uh bubbles and whatnot say on savant you know what i mean like well right. no like you know what i mean then why would we be playing this that's that. that's that's what ai is right like that's not how that works so it, it could totally happen and i think that there's some examples that i don't have off the top of my head uh immediately but i know like um you know glaber torres for the yankees comes to mind yep. i'm I live on the East Coast, guys. I hear sports talk radio. Uh, but, you know, with him, he was playing short, and then they kind of moved him around, played him at second, and then he kind of revitalized his career a little bit. So that can happen. It's not totally impossible, and I think it's something that should be uh, looked into. For Reds fans, as an outsider, I would say definitely look into that.
0: And you know what, Steve? I feel like that is a great place. And, and, and Javi, that's a great place to end, because, Steve, what you don't realize is Javi just said the name of his greatest enemy and he doesn't <laughs> do that very often and that's how we're going to end this crossover. It's okay. You, the everybody. curse is so over much. now that
2: he's on the team. It is now that he's so on the much.
0: Team. <laughs> everybody for checking out today's crossover between Lockdown Reds and Lockdown Padres. We are both part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day and for all the everydayers out there, make sure you check us out tomorrow as we react to the Graham Ashcraft Michael Waka saga that's about to take place here Tonight at Petco Park.